I wanted to bring up one thing, Nick. Very interesting trend in the NFL that might actually predict who the Super Bowl winner is. Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast has been created not to dwell and over-evaluate what has already happened in the sports world, but to predict and to forecast what has yet to come. From game picks to draft picks, and from trades to free agent signings, we will let you know what happens before it happens. Your hosts, Nick and Nate, will evaluate, study, and understand sports patterns, tendencies, and nuances to better prepare you on what to expect. Just like Weatherman, but way more accurate. So if you like to pick games, or you simply just want to be in the know before anybody else, you are in the right place. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? The Sports Forecasters are back with another edition of our podcast. We hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, I got Nick with me, as always. This is Nathan, and you know, it really feels like the NFL is in full swing now. We've got the free agency. All the main free agents have been signed. All the major trades have been been done, even though there could be more quarterback trades in our near future here. Um, And the schedule has been released, the draft's done, so it just seems like everything's put into place, and now we get to wait four more months until the NFL season starts. So uh, how are you doing today, Nick? Doing excellent. Now begins the season of forecasting for the NFL, where we get to change our predictions multiple times as we go along as fans, as fantasy owners, as just spectators of the sport. Yes, we'll hit other things as we go along, but very excited to get into this NFL very early look at this upcoming season. So where are we going first, Nathan, with this whole process? Yeah, so you know, we get four months to break down the NFL season. We get four months to break down all the key matchups and four months to figure out what our power rankings are and how often that's going to change with trades and uh, training camps and everything that has yet to happen. So we're first going to break down kind of the first four weeks of the NFL season, but just look at some marquee matchups that really intrigue us uh, weeks one through four. We'll, we'll continue that in future episodes throughout the summer, uh, throughout these next couple of months as we approach the NFL season. And then we're going to end our show with our first editions of our power rankings uh, in the NFL. So based off everything that's happened so far with free agency, with trades, with the draft and everything, uh, we're going to give you our first power rankings uh so we'll each have our own and and you'll be able to hear both of ours and see where we agree and disagree so let's start with week one week one of the nfl season now the schedule was just released on wednesday we had about 24 to 48 hours here to really dive in and dig it deep into it and week one is full of amazing matchups but the one i'm most intrigued about is a rematch of a divisional afc game last year the cleveland browns versus the kansas city chiefs and for me this is why i'm really intrigued by this because i think cleveland got even better than what they were last year and they took a huge leap last year and i like the direction they're going i didn't like initially where kansas city was going but they really shored up that offensive line so i think both of these teams improved quite good and uh, I think these are probably your top two teams in the AFC facing off right 
week one. I think it's a, an excellent matchup. It'll be exciting to see where both of these teams are right from the get-go. And, and I think this is going to be kind of their, their gauge and their barometer the rest of the year of how this matchup you know, went about this, this could be actually a very important matchup, you know, with tiebreakers or whatever. Cause I see these two being the top of the AFC, uh, towards the end of the season. So, um, very important matchup right there in week one. Uh, what are your thoughts? Absolutely. Nathan, one of the marquee matchups of week one, like we were talking about before we started recording here, when you look through each matchup, you can make a case for why each one's intriguing just because of that beginning of the season feel, what is each team truly going to look like in week one? Yeah, we'll have one or two preseason games, but who knows what that'll really look like? Who knows what you'll really see in those? Usually it's very basic, just trying to feel things out. But yes, Cleveland Kansas City does appear to be that marquee matchup, and I would 100% agree. And just to go off the beaten path, I actually thought you would go with a different matchup, but the one I'm looking forward to, mostly because I want to see how the new regime is going to look, new regime as in the quarterback position, would be the Green Bay Packers versus New Orleans Saints. I'm interested to see how does New Orleans move on. I feel like they built their team very well to be ready to move on in terms of the defensive side and having the offensive line intact, having a great running back, and just having things set in place. Can the person under center now take over that position? And then also the intriguing thing is, will we still have good old Aaron Rodgers there under center for Green Bay? So that's the one I'm looking at as well, but absolutely Cleveland, Kansas City is going to be the spotlight matchup for week one. Yeah, a lot of good a lot of good matchups. So looking into week two, uh, I'll go ahead and give the marquee matchup I'm looking at here, the one that really pulls my attention. Again, not this one isn't so much off the beaten path as much as my last one, but this one I really want to see how these quarterbacks adapt to their new situations where we have the Los Angeles Rams going against the Indianapolis Colts. We have... Matthew Stafford, who for many years was a real good soldier for the Detroit Lions. Now he gets his second week with his new team, new roster, with an excellent defense going against the Indianapolis Colts, who made a big move to get Carson Wentz because a lot of speculation was they're just too far down the draft to really make a move to get a new quarterback. And Philip Rivers was retiring, so they had to make a move. So that's a matchup I will be most interested in is that Indy. So you, typically speaking, your West Coast teams don't fare the best moving over there. That would be a matchup I would be interested to see after that one week jitters kind of shake themselves loose. How do these two quarterbacks in their new settings settle in? What do you have, Nathan? That's a very good matchup. Yeah, I think the culture either uh, they're going to either be amazing or they're just going to bust in. And Carson Wentz is a question mark. Uh, we've seen how good he is in Philly, and um, we've seen him have that MVP caliber season until he got hurt. Um, can he carry it over with his uh, offensive coordinator, now his head coach in Indianapolis? Uh, we'll see. I think I think we'll see a much improved Carson Wentz, in my opinion, but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait to see. But that's a very cool matchup. Yeah, another matchup is against two quarterbacks who are very familiar with their teams. They're, they're not on new teams, but it's the fourth time they've uh, they've been up against each other, and and uh, one of them has has the better hand in the f- first previous three games. And this is Baltimore versus Kansas City. Lamar Jackson can't figure out Kansas City, can't figure out uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and so this is the fourth matchup uh, versus these two quarterbacks. Uh, and will Baltimore be able, will Lamar Jackson be able to figure this team out And uh, by week two? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I, uh, 
I, I I'm looking forward to this uh, the fourth rematch of these two teams and and see if Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens can finally in that um, 0-3 start to the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs. So that's the one I'm especially looking forward to in week two. So we're gonna jump to week three now and. What I'm really intrigued about in this uh, this week is what I think could be a potential NFC Championship game. I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going out west to see the Los Angeles Rams. I love this Rams team. Three years ago, I think it was, they went to the Super Bowl, and uh, you know they they missed the playoffs. But then last year they got back to the playoffs. But their defense was never questioned. Their weapons were never questioned. The question was their quarterback, and they fixed that situation this year. Um, you know, when Matt Stafford was in the in Detroit, everything was quite, had a question mark besides the quarterback. It was complete opposite in Los Angeles. And so now they got that quarterback, and I just really like the direction this team could go. I really like Sean McVay, uh, a very offensive-minded guru, but he also has a top three defense in the league. And I like that combination a lot. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tom Brady go out West, play these, uh, this retool Rams revamped Rams that I think are going to be legit, which I think this could be a potential NFC championship game down the road. What do you think? Excellent choice in the matchup. Definitely a lot, a lot of compelling arguments going on with two highly touted defenses last season. And so with the quarterback change as well, you have a little more confidence that it could definitely be a a better chess matchup than previously thought with former iterations of these franchises. So definitely a great matchup. When I look at the schedule, that one really sticks out to me. But another one I'm going to take a flyer on in terms of an interesting matchup is the early division matchup of the Indianapolis Colts again and Tennessee Titans. No, I'm not a Colts fan, but they just happen to have really two matchups. I really am interested to see how it goes with the Indianapolis Colts and Tennessee Titans playing this early in the season. This really could be jostling for the position of who's going to take control of the division early on. Yes, we said earlier that we thought maybe it's going to be up for grabs, and I definitely still feel that way, but this would be an early indication of who can get the front seat and maybe hold on to it because I feel like these are the top two teams for that division. So having that early matchup will definitely set a good foothold to see what will transpire later in the season, possibly. Moving on to week four, the matchup I'm looking at here is the Thursday one. I'm not really a big fan of Thursday night games. I really feel like it's detriment to the game itself. I know another matchup has taken all the hype and everything like that and totally deserves that. But for me, I'm going with the Thursday night game. I'm not a big fan of Thursday night games in general just because I feel like we don't get as good of a product because the players are still trying to recover from the week before. But I think Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence taking on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. It'll be interesting to see the maturation of these quarterbacks. You're in week four, so... Trevor Lawrence has had a few weeks to try to figure out the NFL. The NFL's figuring out him. And you have Joe Burrow hopefully coming back to form after suffering that injury from last season. Again, I know there's another matchup on Sunday Night Football that's really taking the cake on that week. But I was trying to go a little bit off the beaten path. Another matchup that I thought was worthy of highlighting. Nathan, what do you have for week four? Yeah, that's a very good matchup there. The LSU quarterback versus... uh... A Clemson quarterback there back in the college days to see those two young guns go at it. But of course, the marquee matchup, the the one that is probably the biggest regular season game that I will ever witness is Tampa Bay at New England. And this this game was placed so perfectly because 
Tom Brady is about 1,100 yards away from breaking Drew Brees' all-time passing yards record. And if Tom Brady just averages the amount of pass yards per game that he did last year, he will break it in this game in week four in New England. Just how crazy would that be for him to go back to New England to, to play the only team that he, that he hasn't beat um, and be one of only four quarterbacks in the history to beat every single NFL team and to not only beat his team but then beat that Drew Brees all-time passing record I think will be a phenomenal game, a phenomenal just experience to see. And so this is not only the biggest game this week four and not only the biggest game of the NFL season, I think this is the biggest regular season game that at least I will ever witness. I just think there's a lot of history right here. I'm really excited to see that game. So that's my week four matchup. So uh, like we said, we'll, we'll start breaking this down uh, week by week. We'll have other weeks in the future. Um, but right now we're going to jump to our initial power rankings based off what we know today. Uh, we'll just go back back and forth. We'll start from one, go down to 10, and see where the forecasters agree and disagree. So let's start with number one. Uh, I think this is a pretty obvious. I'm going to start with the defending uh, NFL champions, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think there's much to say. What, what do you th- What do you think, Nick? I agree. I have Tampa Bay as number one as well. They return everyone. It's really hard to go against that formula. Obviously, barring any injuries, you can't really see things going south for them. So, number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. Number two, number two. I wonder if there's any disagreement here but i doubt it i have the kansas city chiefs address the o-line in a big way and still seem to be on a good course what do you have nathan yep i have the kansas city chiefs as well and if it wasn't for the changes that they made this all season i might have dropped them down a little further um kind of just seeing them towards the end of the year i i was starting to wonder if they're going to dip a little bit um maybe not be one of the top two or three teams in the league but they 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 look like they made the adjustments that they needed um, to to be uh, up there in the top two. So I got Kansas City. Jumping down to number three, I have an AFC East rival. The Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. I just think this team is so talented. They're young. I think it was uh, definitely the least experienced team regarding the four teams in the in the conference championships with Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Kansas City, and Buffalo. Uh, those other three teams have that experience. I mean, Tampa Bay itself doesn't, but Tom Brady does. Bruce Arianus does. Uh, a lot of the, the the players that Tom Brady brought in with him have that huge time playoff experience. Uh, but Buffalo didn't. The coaches didn't. None of the players did. And so uh, I just think this team's on the up and up. I think they're going to continue to take um, leaps and bounds forward and I really like where they're going so I got uh, Buffalo at three who do you got I have Buffalo as well I've really liked how they address their pass rush with their first two picks of the draft and it just seems like they're starting to click they're starting to understand each other on how to get the most out of Josh Allen Josh Allen's understanding he doesn't have to do everything with his legs so I really like the direction they were heading towards last season and they addressed a few things they needed this offseason so number three Bill, the Buffalo Bills number four this is with a caveat for me this is if everything stays on course and everything gets kind of meshed out or worked out. And I have the Green Bay Packers right now. They returned 20 of their 22 starters from last season. Uh, yes, they did lose some offensive linemen, but I just, if everything was to be even and all these issues are taken care of and they're not much of an issue really, 
then I have them at number four. Who do you have at number four, Nathan? Yeah, I don't have Green Bay here. I think even if he does come back, I feel like this that anim- animosity is going to be there. This this is a this is a wound that runs deep. This this goes more than just this past year. I feel like Rodgers has always been in conflict with Green Bay ever since McCarthy's been there and some questionable decisions the last decade, basically since his last Super Bowl win. Uh, and um, I just think this runs deep. And even if he comes back, I don't. I I feel like it's going to be two unhappy married couples just trying to make it work and and it just it just it just doesn't work unless unless things are resolved and i just don't see that happening with how deep this this issue runs so i don't have green bay of that high um instead i have another team that uh has never seen the light of day in the top 10 of the power rankings for a very long time and that's the cleveland browns i got them at four this team's legit this team proved to us last year that they're ready. They want a playoff game. They want at Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Lost a close one to Kansas City in the next round, the divisional round. And uh, and I, I looked at, okay, what are they going to do in the draft? What are they going to do in the offseason? They got Jadavian Clowney. They got Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern at the cornerback. They just filled every weak spot they could on that defense because their defense was a little questionable, and they just shoot that up. So I really, really like this Cleveland Browns team, and I got them at four. Jumping to five, I'm going to go out west. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. This is a team I think is just stacked with talent. Top three defense, weapons on the outside, a, a fantastic coach. They filled their question mark, and that was quarterback. I think Matt Stafford is legit. I think he's going to go in there and be successful. That's my prediction, but we'll see how he meshes. You know, if if it just doesn't work, then yeah, this team's going to drop. Uh, they're going to be back to where they started. But if he figures it out and he likes it out there, and they like him, this could be a very dangerous team. Who do you have at five? At number five, I have the Cleveland Browns. Actually, I do like what they did. I feel like they're going the right direction. The only hang up I have is can Baker be the guy that they count on because they have fantastic rush they address their defense and can baker keep making that progress forward to being the guy that can pull it out in the clutch time will tell but i definitely like the direction they're trending so i have them as my number five moving on to number six i actually have los angeles rams there as well i feel like with that great defense from last year you took away a weakness that everyone perceived of you with your quarterback position you brought in a guy in matthew stafford who can put up numbers and he will be gritty. He will tough it out. And just being having that veteran leadership at the quarterback, I think helps the team get over the hump and to have them at number six. Who do you have at number six, Nathan? That's a good pick. Um, obviously since I had them at five, but I have, I have the Seattle Seahawks and which could be, they, I could have put them a little high because uh, they always seem to dip <laughs> when it counts, but they're always, one of the hottest teams at the beginning of the season. And so since this, this is the beginning of the season, I'm going to put the Seattle Seahawks up there. Uh, I, I still think it's a legit team. They could be bringing rumored. They're bringing Richard Sherman back. Um, hopefully to sure up that defense a little bit. They addressed it, you know, all season, especially in the draft. Uh, Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. I still like where they're going. I think Russell put a little pressure on the front office saying, Hey man, listen, if you're not going to cheer things up, um, I'm going to, I'm going to want to leave. And of course, Seattle's like, okay, okay, well, you know, they 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 showed in the off season that they're going to listen to him, unlike what they do in Green Bay. I, I think this team will be a little bit better and, uh, than last year, and they as in they won't fall off, but they're always hot in the beginning of the season, so that's why I have them up so high. Uh, number seven, I've got the Miami Dolphins. I might have a little bias in here, uh, but 
this is a top five defense, um, and they I thought they got I thought they had the the most perfect draft anyone could have. Uh, they they played their cards well. They had so many they had so much leverage in the draft because they had all these picks and future picks, and they could trade up, trade down, and do what they need to do to gain more picks in the future, but get the guy they still wanted in Jalen Waddle. I think Jalen Waddle uh, will will be. Um, a stud this year. I think Jamar Chase will probably have the best year with the receivers. Well, Waddle won't be far behind him just because of that comfort zone they had that he's a, such a great route runner. And I think uh, Tua to Waddle will be a huge addition for them. But that's a top five defense as well. And I think uh, they just keep getting better and better the last couple of years. Um, I, I think they could take a, quite a big leap. So who do you have at seven? At number seven, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Again, similar to your Seahawks argument, Ravens usually start out very well because they're a very run-heavy team in defenses, as well as offensive. They're just kind of coming out of the gate a little slower. The running game seems to solve that problem. Beating up on the defense, Baltimore seems to always start out pretty well at the beginning of the season, so I have them at number seven for the early power rankings. And then number eight, I have the Seattle Seahawks just dipping a little bit below that. I do like some of the things they did, but I just feel like they have a lot of gaps. They still need to address a lot of things that they need to fix. The inexplicable inability to move the ball towards the end of the season had me a bit worried but like you said they'd usually start out well so everyone coming in healthy that leaves them at number eight for me who i have at eight is the los angeles (laughs) i have the los angeles chargers at number eight uh this is a team that if they would have just won their games that they lost by seven points or less would have been 13 and three and and would have been um uh, the fifth seed in the in the playoffs and probably would have made a pretty good run, but a lot of those games that they lost close was due to coaching and they fixed that issue. I, I and I I just feel like they're just gonna Justin Herbert's gonna take that next level up rookie of the year in a very tough division, but I think he he's showing he's he's nitty gritty and if he can stay healthy, I think this Chargers team under their new regime and their new coaches could do some damage. I, I really like this team to be a kind of a an underdog and kind of sneak into the playoff here, maybe even make some noise. So I really like the, the chargers this year. Uh, number nine, I have uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they, they, they made the playoffs last year, uh, almost knocked off the bills there in the first round in the wild card round. I think it's a great team. And, you know, they got Carson Wentz that they hope they can retool. They're matching him up with uh, the head coach that used to be a Philly when they won the Super Bowl. It's it's so I think that that pairing is going to be uh, key, and I think that he'll be able to get the best out of once. Once is going to have a way better offensive line. He's going to have uh, receivers that can actually catch a ball on the outside, and a, an amazing running game with Taylor and Hines in the backfield. So um, I really like this Colts team. I just question how explosive they can be at times, um, but maybe Carson Wentz can potentially uh, to bring that. But um, that's who I have at nine. Uh, who do you got? At number nine, I have. The San Francisco 49ers, two years removed from a Super Bowl berth and ended up being a loss. But a lot of injuries plagued them last year. Jimmy Garoppolo played only a handful of games. Defensive line, linebackers, all over the place. There were injuries all over. George Kittle was injured as well. So I, assuming that they're going to come back strong this season with fewer injuries is always what the hope is. I have the San Francisco 49ers at the number nine slot for me. And then rounding out the top 10 for me, I have the Indianapolis Colts being the number 10 team. Like many things, like you said, they've always been great defensively, well, great foundation defense. Like they may not 
blow you away with statistics or numbers, but they are just very solid. Nose of the grindstone. Yes, they lost an offensive tackle, but I just feel like this coaching team has shown that they are able to adapt. The Colts make their offense look very smooth or make things work. It may not be the prettiest, but they make it work. So I have them at number 10. So who do you have in the next slot, Nathan? Yeah, I have uh, the Green Bay Packers at 10. And the only reason I'm putting them at 10 is because they made it to the NFC Championship last year. So I feel like they need to be in the top 10. But obviously, there's a lot of question marks. Uh, the only roster to have three quarterbacks drafted in the first round. And yet, it's the team that probably has the most question marks at quarterback right now. Uh, so they just signed Blake Bortles. They got Jordan Love and obviously Aaron Rodgers. And so it's, it will be interesting to see if they move off Aaron. Obviously, uh, Green Bay is going to be out of my top ten. But um, I just snuck them in here just because they've done so well lately and Aaron's still there. So that's my reasoning. So I think uh, we each have nine of the same ten. Um, I have Miami in there. You have San Francisco in there. And they're all in a, uh, maybe a little bit of a different order. But we have we match at least nine of the ten in our top ten. So that's good. So we're somewhat on the same page. Uh, but I, want to, I wanted to bring up one thing, Nick. Very interesting trend in the NFL that might actually predict who the Super Bowl winner is. So let me, let me tell you in the audience here because I haven't told you yet. So if we go all the way back to 2017. The New England Patriots won the Super Bowl. The Their bye week was in week nine. And then the next year, your Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. Their bye week was in week 10. The year after that, 2019, the Patriots won again. Their bye week was in week 11. So you see the trend here. The next year, I believe it was the Kansas City Chiefs won. Their bye week was week 12 that year. And then the next year, last year, Tampa Bay won. And that year, their bye week was week 13. So the Super Bowl winner came in a consecutive, you know, bye weeks or, or chronological bye weeks, I should say, starting from nine all the way up to 13. Now, if we had a 16 game season, there's no such thing as a week 14 bye week because after week 13 in a 16 game season, everybody plays the bye weeks end. But this year, we got a 17th game. So you know what that means? We have a bye week in week 14. So it's the first time ever. And it happens to be the year after a bye week in week 13, followed by the Super Bowl champion week by week, had a bye week in week 9, a bye week in week 10, and so on, all the way up to 13. So coincidence? I don't know. So I had to look back, and I had to say, okay, who, what teams have a bye week in week 14? Two of the four teams are in my top 10 power ranking. So this really makes this quite intriguing. One of the teams is the Indianapolis Colts, which we both had in the top 10. And, of course, that's very interesting because that's your old quarterback there in Philly. Speaking of Philly, they also have a bye week that week. Uh, so your Philadelphia Eagles have a bye week in week 14. Uh the New England Patriots have a bye week in week 14. How crazy would that be if they pulled off a Super Bowl this year? And last but not least, my Miami Dolphins have a bye week in week 14. So if this trend exists, Nick, there's a 50% chance you or I are going to be a very happy camper this year in the NFL season by, by the Super Bowl Sunday. If we have a winning record by that point, I will be happy with the season. <laughs> So I think you can 
Personally, I'm scratching off the Eagles, definitely. I think the Patriots could make noise. Obviously, I think Indianapolis good, and I think Miami's good, too. So, New England, Indy, or Miami, I guess they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. We'll have to see and find out. Not being a terrible fan, but yes, I would concede the Philadelphia Eagles from being a contender. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, rookie coach, uh, unproven quarterback. We'll see. Uh, but anyways, this was... Uh, it's a good episode, man. I think there's a lot to unfold here, and uh, we'll continue to update you guys on our power rankings, and we'll continue to dig into uh, future weeks of the NFL season and look at some marquee matchups. And um, but you know, uh, we got the NBA playoffs coming up. To, we get to talk about. We got some. We got three more golf majors to go get to. So we're gonna make some predictions there. So we we still got we still got a lot a lot of sports ahead of us. Absolutely, and that's always the intriguing thing about it. Any final words, Nathan? That's all we got here. So excited for football, excited for basketball, and everything else uh, moving forward here. So, All right. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been the Sports Forecasters. You've been joined by Nathan Singer. I'm Nick Alvarez. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>